Hey guys, it's Sean. I hope you're having an awesome, awesome evening or week or whatever. Um, I gotta apologize a little bit. Uh, I realize I haven't been particularly uploading the actual podcast I've been recording. So I should uh, <laughs> probably get on that. But um, I don't know. I did some changes to the book titles lately. So anyway, um, I've been kind of excited, kind of happy about everything. Um at least with the publishing side and and there's a lot of courses that are coming out. I think you guys are gonna love, which I'm I'm really pumped about. Um, but I was joining this this challenge. Uh, it's pretty popular. It's called Portfolios with a Purpose, and basically, you sign up. They do it once a year, and uh, if you basically have the best performing paper portfolio, uh, on a million dollar portfolio on assets over a billion in market cap, I think it's just straight equity. I it starts in a couple of days. It starts next week. Um, but anyway, you win, you get to donate 500 bucks to your favorite charity. So I thought it was a fun thing and, and I'm going to, you know, play around with it have some fun with it and, uh, make a portfolio of diversified investments. <laughs> uh, but, um, we were, the guy was, you know, introducing everybody and they had a, a meeting to start the competition off and there was this one guy there, and, and the dude manages like a, I believe it's an $8 billion fund, if I'm not incorrect. And his word's not mine. He says, we make five trades a year with $8 billion. So like very long term, very just, you know, equity, trying to find quality companies, fundamental analysis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, didn't even really like trading. He's like, I am an investor. And so by all means, it's cool, like awesome. That's great. Uh, but then he said something that really, really caught me off guard. And most of the, it's a lot of, we were, I was in the college sector of the competition and most of the people there are studying business and, and want to work in finance. And there was people there talking about, you know, jobs and finance, blah, blah, blah. And this guy says that at the end of the day, this is a learning experience and we want to know why you made a trade and in a job interview we care more about why you made a trade and the reasoning behind it than the performance of your trade and i was like what (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute what universe do we live in where portfolio performance is is not the focus of an investment challenge or of any kind of portfolio construction on the planet. Now, look, I get there are people that are into, like, sustainable investing or maybe they want to... I know some family offices do, like, they want to support an industry or they want to support a charity or maybe loans in a certain country or they want to support development of a country or they want to support some specific thing or maybe they want... I, I forget what it's called. It's, like this acronym and it's like sustainable investing in women or investing in, you know, um, I think there's, I saw one of the people were talking about is investing in like African American businesses. And, um, like, I, I don't care about any of that stuff. I, I think it's silly. I, a social investing, I think is what it's called. They're socially responsible investing. Um, and by all means, everything, it's cool. Right. But at the end of the day, like, Whoa. <laughs> you're here <laughs> and everyone at a high level I guess not everyone at a high level because like I said there are big family offices that have really specific charitable 
um, goals for their for their funds. But for the ninety five, you know, ninety nine percent of people that are here in the market for a return and not to feel good about themselves going to sleep at night, like oh, I'm so glad I helped these whatever you know people doing. Like for most people, myself included, and and if you don't fall into this group, then I, I mean, okay, man, but you got to be loaded. But for most people, the objective of any market is to make the most money possible. Like, uh, duh, like what? Like why else would you, you know, be sitting here all day trading? Um, and I just thought it was so 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 ridiculous. And it made me think a lot about a... So so very recently, as I told you guys, I'm returning a lot of capital from the fund um, to focus on the startup, which I'm very excited about. We've got funding under CreateX, and, and then we're, we're going in about a week to get funding under the Inventure Prize, which will be cool if it works out. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. Um, but anyway, because of that, I'm exiting a lot of the sort of longer term crypto holdings that we have in the fund. And if you were here, you know, last year when I talked about last year, I guess, well, I guess about a year and a half ago at this point, but like, you know, September of, uh, what was it? 20, I guess 2019. Um, I was talking a lot about moving a lot of assets into gold, long gold, and then long crypto, and then short equities, uh, and a couple other specifics. But those were the biggest ones. They did a little bit of stuff in interest rates. And then later on, only because of COVID, was really when we got into the oil trades. Uh, and anyway, as you guys know, I started a fund around that and uh, really ramped up the investments you're making. And it went really well. We shorted the market late in February and short oil in April very early in April, and uh, anyway, it was great, really phenomenal, I'm extremely happy with it, blah, 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 we're returning capital, so, you know, I'm not trying to raise capital, I don't really care, uh, but one thing that we had was uh, a very, a very large amount of crypto holdings, and about, I would say, one, two, three, four, five, count the candles on a chart, I think it was about two weeks ago, uh, at least in the short term. And, you know, people could be listening. You might be listening to this in like two years and you're like, oh, my God, Bitcoin's a bajillion dollars. Like, you're so silly. It's like, yeah, I'm silly. But like, you know, you've, you got to make the best decisions that are in the uh, best interest of everyone here. And at the end of the day, if you can outperform, then like fucking do it. Right. Uh, so anyway, uh, I did about six figures of dispositions in those assets two weeks ago. Uh, one of them was in Bitcoin, was, was really the biggest one. That was the, the biggest holding. It was like 80 to 85 to 90% of the crypto holdings. That's 85% of the crypto holdings. Uh, we're in long Bitcoin. I uh, exited right around the 40,000 mark. And with uh, just because it was an extremely... So it didn't start out as an extremely large part of the fund. It was you know a normal size position in the fund. Uh, but because it increased in value by, uh, you know, a factor of 10 in a couple of months, four or five or so months, because uh, it increased in value so much, it was a very large, a very overweight position in the fund. And so, you know, my investors were really focused on, on what I was going to do with that, with that position. And <laughs> I feel so silly. So what happened is I sold it. Uh, and then within the next like eight hours, 
it went from 40 down to, um, I think it was like 36.5, 37. I mean, it, it went down a very, very significant amount, like 10, 15%. If my numbers aren't wrong, I, I, I can pull up the chart. Uh, but, but the gist of it is uh, it goes down a ton, like massive, massive dump. And then it goes back up for one more day. Yeah, so it went from 40 to uh, 36.7. So, you know, 40 by 36.7 is... Uh, I did the math wrong. I did it backwards. <laughs> but, uh, you know, about 8, 9, 8, 8%, little more than 8% down. And then it goes back up to 4,100, uh, which I, I do believe will uh, we will look back at that at least in the short term, uh, as a peak. It's at about 29.7 now, under 30 grand. Uh, but anyway, it peaks one, one last day. It goes to 4,100. I knew there was like a, maybe a 50-50 chance it was going to go there again. But, you know, for me, the risk-reward, and, and, and I, w- I can talk for hours on what made me take that trade, um, but the risk-reward on, on holding it, and it just didn't make sense, especially considering how overweight the position was. So anyway, I exited around 40, and for one more day, it's higher than that. Uh, it goes to around 41 for, I don't know, four or five, six hours until it pulls back, blah, 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 and, and then obviously it, you know, dumps down. Um, and, and I would absolutely love to go into more depth on that, but I want to talk a little bit more about the psychology behind it here and how it relates to what that one guy said in... Uh, the investing introduction for portfolios with a purpose. My investors literally thought I was like a total doofus. They're like, oh, why'd you sell? <laughs> when it went from uh, 40 down to 37 and then up to 41 again for like a day. But you can't like care about that whatsoever. And you have to be completely okay with the fact that the people and they're asking me to like justify like why did you make that disposition? You know, what was the logic behind the trade? And it's like extremely <laughs> uh oh my gosh. I uh I really do want to go more into that trade because it was a very, very large trade and uh it was a big one. The gist of it was uh, a lot of fundamentals with the media insofar as it had an incredible amount of time on the news and everyone on the news was saying buy it. And uh, everyone, like my friends who have no idea how to invest were like, hey, should I buy Bitcoin? And uh, I learned real quick in 2017 that that's uh, exactly what you need to be selling. But there was also a, uh, a daily hammer, which was on the next day of the peak, which really should have been my ideal exit was the daily hammer. But the risk on that was just so high. Um, that is where I entered the short position, though. So I also entered a short position off that daily hammer uh, around 4,100. And that, is done, that was on high leverage. So, yeah, uh, I didn't execute it perfectly because the high was on a Sunday and the futures contracts don't start trading till 5 o'clock. But... That's another story. And then I, a very, very similar uh, trade with Ethereum more recently. Uh, but I exited it because they actually made a new high, which is crazy because nothing else did. But Ethereum was like the only asset that made a new high. Uh, but anyway, back to what this guy said. Like, 
it doesn't matter what my thought process is behind a trade. I don't have to justify myself to literally anyone. I have executive authority over every position that I take. Uh, at least right now, maybe as we start to grow, I, I might get stuck in bureaucracy, which I hope never happens. But I know that's how bigger firms like Bridgewater, at least I believe that's how they work. Uh, that's what he kind of outlined in principles anyway. Uh, but <laughs> I hope that never happens. Uh, so you have when you have sole discretion, right? You you really can't focus so much on justifying positions, especially when a a very very large amount of what you do is oftentimes based on heuristics, and they're just instinctive and they come from experience. Um, and so anyway, I got a bunch of shit for a day. Everyone was like, I can't believe you sold. I missed out on that extra 5%. And then it lost, um, I think it was, how much was it in one day? Because the whole market just bombed, <laughs> like, immediately afterwards. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it, it's, it, it's worse. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, about 41 to 35, so... And then it kind of maintained it, kept going down the last 15%. And now it's, you know, it's at 29. So I don't know, 29 by 40, you know, it's down almost 70, 28.5%. Really more like 30%. Um, And of course now everyone's like, oh my God, I'm so glad you, you know, you paid the capital back. I'm so glad you disposed of these assets. And uh, my point is, like the amount of money that you make, the amount of money I'm, I'm going to make on this, the amount of money you make though, it has absolutely fucking shit. In, like, it, it just has nothing to do with how you, uh, how you justify investment or the thought process behind an investment. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to execution. The Art of Execution is a phenomenal training book that really emphasizes this. It's absolutely incredible, Art of Execution. And I was reminded of that about 75 hours ago. In Ethereum, it was going way up. It was a second M. But I didn't wait for the second half of the M on the second part of the M. And it's kind of hard without a chart, but it was the second part of the M, right? And I just, I, I was stupid. I was silly. I was also tired. I'm not on polyphasic. And when you're not on polyphasic, it's like, how are you supposed to trade currencies you know how are you gonna trade currencies if you're not on anyway it's it's a lot harder to trade when you're not on uberman because you have to do this thing called sleep which means you literally miss out on like a third of the trading day which is a very very big challenge if all the good trades are at 2 a.m which is basically how it always is with with most of the currencies and especially with cryptocurrencies and so anyway i put in this short position it was a phenomenal i mean it's short at like uh you know, thirteen two, and right now it's at about a thousand six, d thousand sixty. Um, and of course that's on extremely high margin, so the thing runs against me like, uh, I don't know what's that as a percent. Da, 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 da. Let's see, runs against me up to like fourteen twenty. Uh, with the entry at thirteen twenty, about a hundred bucks, about seven and a half percent. Which, um, for what I was trading, that was, uh, that was about, 
one and a half times the position, I, th- I think, on the leverage. About one and a half times the position. It's probably more than that because I exited it. Because I woke up and I saw I'd, it, it had gone right up against me. So I had exited immediately to prevent. You know, it's interesting. Like, I wouldn't have gotten liquidated on it. But there's such a high risk of liquidation that, I don't know, I just, I had to make that snap decision. I chose to exit it, which felt so silly looking back. It was around the 1400 mark, which was right at the peak. And uh, it was like 1405 and it peaks at like 1433. And what I, what I realized is that my instinct, what I thought about the underlying was 100% correct. I mean, after that happened, that was uh, two days ago. And then um, yesterday, which just closed, it dropped 20% in one day, which is the equivalent of about 10x based on the leverage. It's, it's about 10x. Um, and it, I mean, it, my position would have been worth, I don't know, you know, uh, two grand or so. It wasn't like the end of the world. But uh, what's interesting, and that was on my internal trade, so that was obviously separate from, from client capital, which I'm fine with, and, and that's okay. I actually, oh my God, I want to start high leverage funds so much, but I, I, I do, I, I am returning the capital to focus on the startup. But man, when I get back in the game, like once that starts taking off, oh my gosh, it's going to be so much fun. I'm trying to figure out how deep I can go into polyphasic Uberman without like exploding. So that's, that's something I'm working a lot on right now. But anyway, my uh, thought process behind the trade was absolutely 100% correct. And it did exactly what I thought it would do. It went to my exact targets. It's an M setup, so it'll keep on going down to, uh, you know, 950. Then it'll gap fill down to 720. Pretty, pretty, uh, I mean, it's a great trade. You know, it's, uh, it's a, I'd say a 50, 60, 70 Xer if you uh, would have just had these, the entry I had and then, you know, not gotten out of it. But whatever, like. It's cool. The anyway, um, so, but my execution was off, right? So, like my thought process behind the trade was right. But if you can't execute, guess what? Do you think that your your tax return gives a shit about your thought process? Do you think that your your shareholder your annual meeting like nobody cares? The only thing people care about, the only thing that matters, is your tax return. The only thing that's gonna really at the end of the day make a dent in pursuing your goals, pursuing your dreams, getting where you want to be in life is the proper execution of the strategy. And then at the end of the day, it's just a P&L number on a computer screen or on a piece of paper, but usually on a computer screen. And that's the most important thing of any fun, right? It's not about, you know, three pages. A really great example, Citron Capital. They have their annual letter um, that came out for the for twenty twenty. First sentence of it after you know, dear investors, and I don't have the I don't have it in front of me, so please forgive me. I might be off by a little bit. The first sentence of it is, and and they run a long short leveraged equity fund, so I think it's like a hundred short, two hundred long. I, I could be wrong. I, I again, I don't. I'm not as I'm not familiar with the fund. I just saw it, but the first line of their return is, this year we had a net return of 220% with max exposure of 14.8%, which is long short, it's an equity thingy. 
Like, that's all people care about, you know? And then the rest of it is just explaining, like, big things that happen. But nowhere does it say, you know, we thought so-and-so, we thought so-and-so, we thought... It's just actions of what happened and how they executed on what happened. And at the end of the day, there are probably dozens of people. I mean, there's people behind my phone. There's, there's got to be people behind their phone. They do a lot of research. What you get in terms of an end result, it's just a return number. And that's really, uh, that's really all that matters, even though you're not gonna see the work behind it. And it's a shame because you'll spend countless nights, countless hours, countless weeks just researching and, and learning and trading and practicing. And I mean, for me, it's years and years and years. And for, for, you know, if you stick with it, it's years and years and years and years. And at the end of the day, at the end of, you know, the next year, the only thing you're going to see is a return on a piece of paper. And it's going to say you made this much this year as a percent, as a dollar, as whatever. And that's the only thing that matters. You know, that's the only thing you're going to get taxed on. That's the only thing you can go to the store and buy groceries with. I mean, that's all that matters. But you don't see all the work that goes into it. And that's the one thing that I have found to be extremely humbling. I remember starting out, I would always post like all my trades I was doing on Instagram or not on Snapchat or, or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, I, I bought AMD at 10 and oh, it went to 30. Or I bought Bitcoin at 2 and oh, it went to 10. And I don't know. There was so much of it back then. It was, it was a very long time ago. Um, but I, 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 I do remember that. And then I also remember losing my first 100 grand. I remember all the trades that came after that. And then the years of experience after that, what I found is that it's extremely, extremely humbling. And now I, I basically never post any of that stuff almost like ever. It's like less than 1% of the trades. Like maybe I'll do something on it if it's like crazy. Like US Steel, I had a long shot bet on them that... It was incredible. I bought <laughs> January 15 calls eight months ago at 23 strike and they hit 23 on January 12th or something. Like, yeah, you know, like that's something you can post because it's like fucking crazy. It's really cool. But um, I just, I don't, I, I'm significantly more humble with the results that, that, that I produce and that we have in the fund and and all the things that... Because you realize so much work goes into it. And you realize so much experience goes into it. You realize so much time goes into it that it it really becomes more, more like almost, you know, work than uh, than just some, some fun game. Even though it feels, you know, like I love it. Like it's great. It's a fun game and all. But it's... Um, it's just different once you get adapted and once you get used to it, once you really start to have it as your whole life. And only once, at least at least what I think from my experiences and from, from talking to, to some fund managers that, that are kind of more in the billions but, but still similar in mindset, is that only once you reach that level of tranquility and indifference um, and a lot of that comes down to treating all of your 
increasing value positions as income and decreasing value positions as expenses and using those words income and expenses to represent the trades that you make rather than anything else, which we talked about, I think on the podcast, if not, it's on YouTube. I would look it up. It's just a really phenomenal way to remove emotion from trading. Just use the words income and expenses rather than anything else because it removes all emotion. Very, I mean, it, it's incredible. It, it was a fuck, it, total game changer for me. I'm so sorry. I, I haven't slept in uh, like 40 hours. And so I my mind is slipping a little bit. I, I apologize for uh, anything that slips, that's my fault. I, I really got to go to sleep. I've been sitting here ripping my hair out on this Ethereum trade. <laughs> And then I had to go to school. And I was like, man, can I just go to sleep? I passed out after gym <laughs> for a couple hours. So I, I apologize. I'm running on like a, a box of donuts, which I feel so silly saying, but it's just the truth. <laughs> anyway, once you have that tranquility, that difference and that ability to Exit a position at the very height of a market for, you know, six plus figures of realized profit and just walk away from it un- unfazed, you know, not like out having to, you know, blant it around, float it around everywhere or, or you know, whatever the word is for, <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm so tired. Um, I think that's really when you get to the point where you can start to have those months where over time you go from making you know a couple hundred thousand a month to a couple million a month to a couple million a week to a couple million a day and there are traders on this planet that have P&Ls of billions of dollars every single month and and usually it's in funds or in firms or something um and Market Wizards does a really great job. The whole Market Wizards series, they document a lot of these really high-level, really good traders, really good investors. Um, you get to the point where you can suddenly make, you know, a billion dollars in a day making a short on interest rate swaps, which, oh my God, so many of those were, were great this year. It was, it was incredible, <laughs> especially, uh, that's a story for another day. You only really get to that point, though, once you've completely dissociated yourself from the position. And it still oftentimes will feel like you still need to remove emotions. But that's just something that kind of comes over time. Because, like, think about it, right? If you're out there, you know, celebrating, having a giant party, um, getting super crazy, super wasted, just like doing tons of crazy, crazy, like just think of the absolute craziest party you've ever been to, multiply it by five, like just the craziest night of your life. It's like insane. If you're doing that when you make a million in a month, say, you know, how, like there's how, what are you going to do when you make uh, you know, 15 million in a month. What are you going to do when you make 15 million in a week? What are you going to do when you make a, a couple hundred million in a month, a couple hundred million in a week, a billion in a month? Like you can't physically do significantly much more than that. There's not like a physical way to express that any crazier than like, I don't know, skydiving without a parachute. Like, like there's no real way to do that. Um, and so you have to 
find ways to route those emotions into other tangential directions, move them away from you, and then be able to process everything mentally in a, in a, in a, in a clear-minded way. And uh, at the end of the day, wrapping back to what we were talking about earlier, that all comes down to results. And it's not justification. It's just results. Um, so please, please, please do not fall for this BS of, oh, you can have bad investments. You just need to justify it. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're learning, like, yeah. But your goal should always be to have the absolute best performing portfolio that you possibly can uh, while focusing on the assets that you want to focus on to get the focus that you need to have the best return in that industry. And at the end of the day, I mean, it, it freaking pays off, man. Oh my gosh, does it pay off. I gotta tell you, it feels so great <laughs> to see these charts going straight down. It's uh, after they've gone straight up and, and anyway. Um, so I'll finish earning capital probably next week. And then I'm going to be, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do some fun stuff with portfolios with a purpose. But, and I'm doing some own stuff, some of my own stuff for sure. Uh, none of it's really over four. Uh, sorry, I don't know how to count. None of it's really over five figures. So it's not really that like significant. Um, but really, I, I'm going to spend a lot more time in the, in the coming months. Uh, focusing on school, I, I got to do well in school. There's like this scholarship and it's a long story. Uh, and then uh, really just a startup. I'm really excited to see what happens with uh, InVenture and then some of the other VC competitions that we're sort of uh, applying into with Blocktrans. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for, for summer. We're going to always be, we'll be working on growing the team on it, which is just awesome. Uh, so unfortunately, alas, you, you may hear a little bit less of me, which I understand you probably are doing a terrible job keeping up with this podcast, um, which I, I apologize for, but you know, what are you going to do? But, uh, you know, I just wanted to, to get you guys a little bit update on this. Hopefully, you know, everyone here did really well. Um, you know, I'll, I'll leave you with this, uh, one last thing and, it's a little bit inappropriate, so, you know, skip ahead if you don't want to, you know. Um, let me see. I'm thinking about how to word this without, like, uh, <laughs> uh, how do you word this? Um, so I got this one friend, and she does... Um, How you say? Exotic dancing. Perfect. Not like <laughs> personally, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's just her career and all. And uh, she's on social media all the time. And sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll jump on there to ask some questions or talk to some friends or something. And I see it. And this coupled with a ton of advertisements for Coinbase, which is going public, and, and that's a whole separate thing, but that's also a really good indicator. But anyway, this, this uh, she basically 
Um, it's a little bit more recent, so I guess it was around the paths of 35 before they dropped to 30 in the past day or two days. Because it, it was in this symmetrical wedge, and then it dropped out of it, whereas Ethereum was more of an, of an M, but that's a different story. Uh, anyway, this chick who has, like, zero, like, in, investment is, like, probably, like, you know, I don't want to be mean, but very unfamiliar, you know what I mean? Um, just like that person, you know, that's never bought a stock, like ever, you know, et cetera. You know, I don't, I don't want to be too, too rash, but just, that's just the, the kind of the gist of, of this girl. And, uh, you know, she posts up, Hey, who, you know, would you guys, who wants to, um, who wants to pay me in Bitcoin, right? For her, her, her services. And, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, man. When it comes down to, you know, uh, I don't want to say, you know, but when it comes down to to that, when you have someone, you know, doing that, asking for any asset, you know, it could be tulips, it could be, uh, I don't know, what's really high, Neo stock. Um, Washington, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but wait, 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 it was with Bitcoin though, <laughs> and I was like, "That's when you know, man." That uh, and I, I didn't have this podcast in twenty seventeen when there was the first, you know, spike to twenty, and then very rapid sell off. But it was the same thing then. Like, my, I would have my history teacher come up and ask me after class how to invest in Bitcoin. And I'm like, dude, do you even own a stock? He didn't even have, like, the school's investment plan. Uh, the, uh, oh, my God, it's been so long. The 503B. <laughs> I mean, there was, like, no investment experience whatsoever. He's talking about all his friends trading cri- currencies. And it just makes me think of, about how lucky uh, we are to, to be growing up in a, an incredible market. I, I, you know, hand on my heart thought that the bull market was going to end after I published my book in uh, 2019. I looked back at it now and I realized I published it on March 19th, which uh, I, I thought was, or sorry, sorry, I published it on January 28th, but I published the Kindle version on March 19th. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, I remember looking and thinking how funny it was. It was the same date as the bottom almost on March 18th last year. And it was just, uh, anyway, that was, uh, that was, that was after everything peaked and that was, that was after the fact, but I just got a good laugh out of that and, uh, and used it as a way to really tell that, you know, the masses, you know, what everyone says to do is usually wrong. When I was selling, they were, you know, I, I remember uh, Pomp was on CNBC telling everyone why to buy Bitcoin. And it was like on every single headline on CNBC for three or four straight days. And you and if you guys remember that story with the trombone um, and NVIDIA stock, it just came down to, uh, well, at least some of the fundamentals came down to uh, just, in, you know, taking what, what everyone was saying to do and doing the exact opposite. Even my investors... <laughs> Told me to do the opposite, and I could have executed it 
2 or 3% better if I had been a little bit more risk-averse with the technicals and, uh, and waited for the hammer candle on the daily. But uh, like I said, it was overweight. So when it's overweight, you know, risking 2%, Risking versus a 5% downside. When that 5% is a very, very large percent of the portfolio, it's not like a 20% position at that point, or even or a 10% position at that point. It was significantly larger than that. Uh, you just start to get to points where you have to exit it. And that's what happened with Ethereum. Is the trade I had here, the account only had like 800 bucks in it. And I was down, or maybe it was 700. And I, I think it was 800, I don't remember. I can check, let's see. Uh, six forty seven eight. Is that eight sixty? I think. I think. Uh. Anyway, I lost like 200, 300, 200 bucks, two hundred fifty bucks. Uh. And when it's such a big size of the uh, account, such a big chunk of the account, you have to make uh decisions that maybe you would normally make if it was a smaller or an unleveraged position or a smaller percent of your portfolio. Because it's just bigger and it's treated differently and you have to treat different size positions differently. And I feel like a total doofus because I think I was supposed to finish this podcast like 20 minutes ago and I'm probably going to pass out here. But, you know, I just wanted to get this off my chest and I also wanted a reason to finally close down these charts on crypto. Uh, And this is my excuse for finally walking away from this trade after... uh, Everything that's been happening in the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure Disney, but by the time you hear this, it's not really going to matter, is it? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> They're going to gap fill on an H&S. It'll, it'll be great. But anyway, guys, I hope you have an awesome, awesome, awesome time. Go out there, apply it. Absolutely crush it. And watch YouTube because I got a ton of new courses coming out through the, the got a lot of them getting rendered actually like today. Uh, so I'm excited about those. I literally recorded them like last year in February. <laughs> so my content turnaround time is still abhorrent. Uh, but until it starts to really take off, you know, I've got limited stuff to allocate to it and it doesn't really make a difference to me. So it's all for you guys. Um, So, yeah, that's that. Thank you guys so so much. Have an amazing time. And freaking go out there, play absolutely crush it. Thanks, guys. See ya.